Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the show, oh my everybody. God. Happy Monday. Yes, yes, I can't yes. believe uh, we're in March. It's actually tomorrow, <laughs> not just Women's History Month, but it's International Women's Day. It sure is. And we got to figure out. I think we, you know, I... I even though I make fun of Shira with all the NFT stuff, I do think what she's been doing in highlighting the women in the communities that should be highlighted to be front and center are important, right? And so I think we're going to, you know, try to blend the worlds and highlight some NFTs and some women who are leading in the space. Yes, we're talking about creating new paradigms for equity. How about that? I don't even know what those words mean. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll get Whatever. into it more. Whatever. Oh, but uh, I'm so happy to be back after a weekend. I went into, you know, up north, you know, into the woods as far as I could go into the woods. Cute. (laughs) And that's fun. You need some nature these days. It's busy city life. No, yeah. You know, for me, it was game night on Saturday. And then going out, I had a a boozy brunch day in West Hollywood Sunday. And so it was a busy and fun, but... We're back at it. We got a ton to talk yeah. about what's coming up and, on the show. Well, some people this weekend were going to see Batman. It raked in big bucks over the weekend. But how was this film a missed opportunity for the community? Or was it? We're going to talk more about that. Have you heard of how many hundreds of people have been arrested for simply renting a car? That's right. We're going to speak to an attorney to tell you what to do if you find yourself wrongfully accused. And up first, Ukraine and, and this conflict with Russia has a lot of really horrifying, sad stories. But how can you distinguish what's true or false? The Washington Post joins us to bring clarity to all of that in 15 minutes. Let's get into some what's trending this hour, though, right now. LGBTQ plus advocates called for the resignation of Governor Ron DeSantis' press secretary, if not him, right? After she called legislation under consideration that would limit and sometimes ban discussion of LGBTQ plus topics in school, you know, the don't say gay bill, an anti-grooming bill. A... Florida Representative Carlos Guillermo Smith, the only out gay man serving right now in the Florida House, responded with anger at this insinuation from the governor's office and said, yeah, this person should be uh, be resigning. We should be taking her down. Right. He said DeSantis spokesperson openly accused opponents of don't say gay of being groomers, a.k.a. pedophiles. Bigoted attacks like this against LGBTQ people are the worst, the worst. They're disgusting and dangerous, have no place in the governor's office. Christina Pushaw must resign. Now, speaking of uh, Ukraine and Russia, they met for another round of talks today with progress, according to the AP. More than 1.7 million people have fled Ukraine in the days since the Russian invasion began. And Ukrainian envoy Anton Korenevik spoke during the International Court of Justice hearing on Putin's claims of genocide. And not surprisingly, Russian representatives weren't there. Here's what he had to say. The fact that Russia's seats are empty speaks loudly. They are not here in this court of law. They are on a battlefield, waging aggressive war against my country. My message to Russia is this. Let us settle our dispute like civilized nations. Lay down your arms and put forward your evidence. Okay, we'll be talking more about this, of course, throughout the show. But let's get into some entertainment news. What's going on, Ryan? Okay, so I know we talked on Friday about uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis mm-hmm. and how they were, uh, you know, getting a whole bunch of money for Ukraine, right? Because she is Ukrainian. Yeah. Well, it's time for the T-Report because there is an update. Those pop culture stories trending right now. Let me go ahead and switch the song. Zom, zom, zom. 
Okay, so let's talk about this. So on Thursday, March 3rd, the couple, if you did not know this, if you missed our original when we talked about it, the couple announced the Stand With Ukraine GoFundMe campaign with the goal of raising $30 million for Flexport.org and Airbnb.org to help refugees flee their native countries amid the conflict with Russia. Now, in an effort to bolster donations, Kunas and Kutcher pledged to match donations up to $3 million. Well, like I said, there is an update, and they just gave up, uh, uh, gave everyone an update um, by saying that they basically have raised, here's how much, $15 million. Wow. They said, we are halfway to our goal. Thank you for the support. Um, and, of course, they, uh, there was a clip on, uh, on their Instagram, and you can head over to their Instagram if you want to check it out. Um, where they kind of gave a lot, well, Ashton's Instagram, where they gave that update. But there was some interesting discourse, and we can't have it here because we got to wrap up. But I think it's interesting. People were kind of criticizing them for asking regular folks to donate when it was like they should, people brought up Lady Gaga um, donating, asking her rich friends and all asking studio heads and everyone that she knew in power that had money. She raised a whole bunch of money for a, a soup. I forgot what the cause was, but it was a few years ago. Um, and people were like, well, why don't you do that with your network Ooh. instead of asking regular Here's people thing. to like just donate? How do you know that they're not doing that? You could start a GoFundMe oh, page no, and like just send it out and then get other people involved. If anything, that just creates more of a bubble. Like what if there are people? But you know, people look at how much someone's worth. So the, collectively, I think they're worth like a hundred million something dollars when you think about it. And so people are like, you could just either tap into your own network and just raise that money privately well, they and are do by that. Sharing it. And then you can, you know, I, I don't guess know. they felt it's because it's like such a personal thing to her that yeah. it's something she wanted to share, right? And like, yeah, put I it get out that. There. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people knew she was Ukrainian. Exactly. And then they could motivate people that follow them and that are fans to donate who wouldn't have possibly. Yeah, there's, but there that's it. That's saying. it. And you know, I just thought the 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 discourse was interesting. That's your T report. Yeah. We got more coming up next hour. Okay, well, after this, what to look out for when you're going to be reading and sharing news on Ukraine because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Washington Post joins us to break it down after this. As we all watch the war in Ukraine unravel on social media, many are warning to watch out, as usual, for disinformation, right? We've seen in the past, it's happening once again. Heather Kelly joins us right now, tech reporter at the Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So how do we all avoid falling for and sharing disinformation? I mean, my number one tip is to just like take your hand away from the share, the retweet, the send to friends button. Mm. Uh, Those are invented to make you act quickly and share something that's really fascinating and really like hits you in all the fields without taking time to think about it. So if at all possible, don't share it. But if you're going to, look into it first. And just to preface, is dif- disinformation different than misinformation or is it all connected? <laughs> I mean, the definition's blurred. Disinformation tends to be things that are spread on purpose, like propaganda. And misinformation um, can often be things that are just taken out of context or mm-hmm. misunderstood. Yeah, I, I think what's important, though, to really start this conversation is how is it happening in, in, in the connection to the, the yeah. Ukraine and Russia situation? How are we seeing it? So, so we're seeing a bunch of really fascinating things happen right now. Um, basically, if you go to TikTok and Twitter, there's essentially a war that's being live streamed. And it's not just coming from official sources. It's coming from people on the ground. It's coming from influencers in Russia and in Ukraine. Uh, and there's just this barrage of information. And so one thing you might see on TikTok is there have been a lot of, uh, quote unquote, live streams. Mm-hmm. And there's no context. You're just, you know, you're scrolling by or I'm not a baby memes and you're having fun. And then you see somebody who claims to be in a war zone. Oh. Uh, and we've already kind of proven some of those people are actually like in Akron, Ohio or something. They're not really in Ukraine. Uh, so that, that's one example. Some of it's propaganda that's being pushed out, you know, specifically by Russia to try and convince people that, you know, the invasion was justified. And a lot of it is trying to convince Russians that it's justified. So it's this big mixture of, of people spreading it on purpose, people being confused, and uh, maybe people just being trolls. That is, sucks and is crazy. Uh, so you're a journalist. Obviously, you know how to or tr- try to figure out how to research this and figure out what's real or not. How are regular people supposed to do that? I, I mean, I, it sounds self-serving, but I, I think let the people who get paid to do it do a lot of the labor for you. Yeah. It's not as instant, but I think all big publications, not just us, but um, you know, anything that you'll find in Google News and Apple News, those are good sources to start with because they specifically have publications 
with professional journalists who are vetting these things. Um, at the Washington Post, we have this amazing team of video forensic experts who will just take the videos you see on TikTok or Twitter um, and they'll investigate them to see if they're real and confirm them or not. And like that's something beyond anything I could even ever do. Yeah, because it's so interesting because I you just brought up the live streaming aspect of it. But I remember when a lot of this uh, in the beginning stages was kind of playing out, the talk audio spaces of even like Twitter spaces, there were there was one space that had like 50,000 people in it. And it was from in the people hosting it were like people from like on the ground in Ukraine. And they were just, you know, talking about, oh, they heard something for something and something. And it just everyone was in there. And when it gets to that point, it's like the misinformation already out there at this point. So is there really any control over this? I mean, like live things are really interesting. And this this has been something Facebook has struggled with forever because it, you know, lets you live stream things. And oops, they accidentally live streamed some murders and then they had to add some precautions. Anything that, that's live and is not through professionals, it's just a big open forum, is it's just sort of a much more dangerous place when it comes to misinformation. And you can listen and you can enjoy it and you can learn things, but take it with a grain of salt and confirm anything that comes out that sounds odd. Yeah, and real quick, in, if is there any other tips that you have for people who are trying to donate and maybe donating to scammers? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. if you're being asked to donate in Bitcoin, maybe I would avoid that one. Um, it's a little harder to confirm. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely go through, like, you can go to a site called Charity Navigator and find established charities. Um, they know how to get money to people who need it. Don't donate things, donate money. That's going to help people on the ground a lot more. Definitely. Oh, wow. Or click on Twitter profiles saying that they're doing a whole campaign for Ukraine. I mean, there are great Twitter campaigns happening right now, but just make sure you're donating to the right one. And I just Absolutely. hope that, like, us as, like, of course, I, you and you said it perfectly earlier, just saying, like, trust the people who get paid to do the jobs. But I, even often, we even talked about last week how there can be biases in media coverage. And mm -hmm. I think that's super important of being able to kind of navigate if you're getting your news from even a journalist or a steam legacy publisher um how how can you make sure that you're not taking in biases like what responsibility do media you know journalists have to reporting this stuff oh absolutely um i think that's one reason i really like things like google news and apple news because you're going to get a full range of publications but they're all real publications and so you can take all these different points of view and all this information and sort of weigh it and come up with something that's it's going to be a, a lot more accurate than I took a bunch of point of view views from Twitter and came up with this idea. Um, so that's kind of how I tend to approach it. And also look for people who have reporters in Ukraine and in Russia. You want that first person reporting to really tell you what's going on. OK, yeah. well, that was Heather Kelly, tech reporter at The Washington Post. Thank you again. Thank you. We have more coming up next. What's up, Ryan? All right, well, coming up next, we actually are talking all things Walt Disney and their big fub. Is it flub? Whatever, you know I, you know what I mean. Oh, I know. The Disney Don't Say Gay Bill and how they have been giving money to Florida and what they actually have to say. The CEO is finally speaking out. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Up next. Well, all right. Disney has been taking heat in recent weeks for declining to release a statement about the bill and for donating money to statewide uh, wide elected officials who are supporting the Don't Say Gay bill here. Um, well, we've been wondering and everyone in the world has been wondering, what is the Disney CEO going to say? Well, he has finally released a statement and joining us to unpack everything is entertainment editor at Queerity, David Reddish. Thank you so much for joining the show. My pleasure. It's great to be here, guys. Yeah, so let's jump off here. Let's kind of like, if anyone hasn't been paying attention to the news, break down kind of the beginning stages to how we got here and what everything we need to know, right, before we get into our conversation. So so when we talk about the Don't Say Gay bill, this is a proposed bill that would prohibit teachers in schools from mentioning anything having to do with LGBTQ people for uh, ages, uh, I believe it's, grade three and under. They would not be allowed to say gay. They would not be allowed to make reference to same-sex couples, same-sex parents, anything like that. Um, Disney has publicly denounced the bill, but continues to support the sponsors of it, including State Senator Dennis Baxley, who has claimed, he says he's not homophobic, but he repeatedly has compared LGBTQ parents to child abusers and alcoholics. So if you, and and he's afraid of people talking about queer people in school. So if you ask me, that's homophobia. Definitely. Anyway, yeah. Yes. Let's talk about how Disney comes into play here. Well, Disney. Look, I mean, make no mistake about this. This is all about the Florida parks. So for your listeners who don't know, Walt Disney World is actually its own municipality in Florida. It has its own zip code. It is considered its own city which gives Disney tremendous autonomy over what they are allowed to do on their property with their land and with their employees. Uh, Of course, Disney is well-known in Tallahassee. The parks have been there for, what, 40 years now, so they've established, you know, their own sort of lobby. They get tax incentives. They get tax breaks from Florida law, you know, from uh, state lawmakers. Uh, and it's vital that the company does this in order to maintain the company, but uh, in order to maintain the properties there. But at the same time, it shows that they don't have much of, you know, moral fortitude when it comes to supporting their LGBTQ employees, particularly in Florida. Yeah, it, it seems like it, and if you could break down his statement, because he did release a, you know, a, a company uh, inside company statement that, of course, yes. is now going out. What has he said? And do you think the statement was enough? And was it clear in the reason why they haven't acted faster? Well, so the statement that Mr. Chapek released uh, says that he met with a small group of LGBTQ employees in Florida uh, that's sort of surprising given the number of LGBTQ employees that they have there in Florida. And I speak from personal experience as I was one of them at one point. Um, he says that, you know, there's a lot of disappointment among LGBTQ employees, but that the company wants to support an inclusive work environment uh, for their families, for their employees. Basically, that the company is not homophobic, even if it supports homophobic lawmakers. Mm. So... You know, it's it's a lovely platitude, but does it really (laughs) go far enough? Is that really going to change? You know, how is that going to help the employees of Disney who are queer in Florida and whose children might be in, say, first grade? What what are those employees going to do when the school says we're not allowed to talk about your family in the classroom? Exactly. I feel like this is a real turning point moment, right, where, you know, a lot of us in uh, have seen what's happening in Florida and obviously we are uh, against it. And yet 
having a big company like Disney be at the uh, forefront right now of this controversial bill, you know, yeah. what's going to happen with the company? You know, are, is this going to impact them at all beyond Florida? I mean, I don't think that the heat is going to go away anytime soon. Disney, of course, has many, many LGBTQ employees in Florida and California and all over the country. Many fans. Uh, there are the gay day celebrations in the Disney parks. We're not going to forget about this. This is not going to go away. And, and furthermore, the bill itself is probably unconstitutional mm. because it's limiting free speech of, of people who are working in school, students and teachers. So ultimately, I have a feeling this is just going to be a huge waste of money on the part of the state of Florida. It's their state if they want to make, if they want to waste that kind of money, you know, go right ahead. But the fact that Disney still is kind of standing behind these people who are doing something so wasteful and discriminatory, uh, it's really, really upsetting. And I think it just comes down to money, which has been yeah. something that, you know, as long as Bob Chapek has been CEO over the past couple of years, he's been all about sort of bean counting and pencil pushing and, and cutting corners and to, to sort of nickel and dime Disney fans any way possible. I think this is ultimately just another form of that because they want to make sure that they keep their lawmaker friends happy, that they keep donating to their campaigns so they know they can have a certain amount of control over the parks and what yeah. goes on there in Florida. Wow. Well, I guess we'll just have to see where the, what, you know, what happens and, and continue to call you when we need more updates. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Anytime I have many thoughts. When it comes to this <laughs> I'm sure. That was David Reddish, uh, entertainment editor at Clarity. Make sure to check out everything they write. What's coming up next? Well, the best amount of coffee to drink each day, according to scientists, as I have my second cup right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that enough? Next. What's the best amount of coffee you should drink each day? Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know why we're doing this, <laughs> but it feels like I'm being attacked. It feels because like you stopped drinking coffee. I, I mean, yeah. You went on a coffee binge. Binge, I guess. Like, like you, for three. Well, like no, what happened was you top of the year. started having coffee for the first time ever. Yeah, I think I started in February. Yeah, and you're a bit late. You're a late bloomer. No, because co- caffeine for me, my relationship with coffee just never really existed because I just never liked the taste. Mm-hmm. And then I thought caffeine just did not was not helping me. It wasn't giving me the energy boost that I needed. But then I started to, I found a drink that what it kind of helped at, um, and I was like, okay, I could do this, and I felt the energy, but I hate the crash that comes uh, with yeah. it. There's a crash, and you're good for a few hours, and then you immediately feel the crash, and I was having the crash around 4 p.m. when we were doing our show, and I'm like, oh my God, how do I push through mm-hmm. instead of just having to re-up by having another coffee, you know? It's, it's an the, addiction. It's the addiction cycle. So what do you do now? Well, to be honest, I, I'm trying to find an alternative. Like, um, my therapist told me to go to teas. Yes, teas um, are good. I've tried matcha. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Um, but I'm, I'm like, I'm still looking for really good alternatives, if I'm being quite honest. Okay, well, we do want to say the amount of coffee every day. I was having, consume. like, two cups a day. That's actually in line with this. A new study identified, and, and they looked at 500,000 coffee drinkers. So this isn't a small focus group. Oh, wow. They say anything between 0.5 to 3 cups of coffee a day gives you heart health benefits. And okay. not just instant coffee. It needs to be ground coffee. Right. So FYI. you got to go to a coffee shop. Yeah, or you can make, you can have ground coffee at home. I'm, well, I'm not talking to the people that make it at home. I'm, I'm talking just saying. To people like me. If anything, it's cheaper to make it at home. Probably. You know how much money you spend on coffee? Probably don't taste the same. It's much. all mental. It's you all got, but my thing is, you have to probably spend a whole bunch of money on the, um, like, if you want the, if you're a coffee snob, you have the fancy coffee machine and all that. I have one of those. I wonder for espresso you don't even if use that's it. in it. I do, actually. You're not with me when I wake up, are you? I've never heard of you talk about it until now. Well, I just don't like to show it off that much because it's. <laughs> a very special thing. Uh, anyway, I found that interesting. Yeah, I'm a usually a, a one to three. I'll at least do average three? two. I'll do two minimum. Is that why you come here on a tornado? No, like, no, it's no. Like I'll your, do usually one. And here's the thing. Stuff? I do one in the morning. I love that having that coffee in the morning. And then I'll typically do one as we start the show. And that's basically it. And then sometimes, very rarely, uh-huh. if I have to, if I have something really big the rest of the night, spending hours doing it, and I'm so tired. I might take a nap and have like a little bit of a shot of espresso. But there you go. Two cups and you're good to go for your heart. Two cups a day will keep the doctors away. 
That's what you think. Until you start having three and then you end up like Shira. So where's the doctors (laughs) when you need them? (laughs) All right. Next up. Okay. We got what's trending this hour. Not such good news. The state's pushing anti-trans bills that would put you in jail for life. That and more next. Well, we've got more music coming up right here on Channel Q, but right now we've got more show. This is wild. Have you heard of how hundreds of people have been arrested for simply renting a car? No. Oh, my God. This story is crazy, and honestly, it makes you think if you have a warrant out for your arrest just because you rented a car. Mm. More details. Yeah. Uh, That's in 15 minutes. Plus, Big Lady Gaga news. Okay, that's in the Tea Report with Ryan in a moment. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Idaho and Alabama are both advancing bills that would make it a felony to provide gender confirmation procedures to minors, with Idaho's carrying a sentence of up to a life in prison. Representative John Gannon, a Democrat who opposed the bill, pointed out that major medical and mental health organizations support gender-affirming care for young people, and this would be just detrimental. Can you imagine life in prison? Really? Yeah. Uh, Now, Governor Ron DeSantis had this to say to a reporter who asked about Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. Does it say that in the bill? I'm asking you to tell me what's in the bill because you are pushing false narratives. It doesn't matter what critics say. For who? For for grades pre-K through three. So five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And um, the idea that you wouldn't be honest about that and tell people what it actually says, it's why people don't trust people like you because you peddle false narratives. And so we disabuse you of those narratives. What's more dangerous, someone asking something, you know, a question, or the fact that they're pushing a bill that harms communities? Well, I think for a bill as serious as this, the severity of it and the, the, the blowback that it's going to have and that we're already seeing that it's having on kids, it's it's uh, it's super important for journalists to continue to clarify and ask who does this bill cover, what grades does it cover, yeah. who's going to be <laughs> at the hand of this awful uh, bill that they are trying to put into place. So I don't know. It, it just DeSantis is so annoying. It's all annoying. Now, the small country of San Marino is trending after it made the list of countries that Russia says has been unfriendly to them. And uh, the internet is really confused of um, why San Marino is on that list. What did they do to Russia? And everyone can't stop talking about it. Um, So in this list, it also includes Australia, UK, EU countries, Iceland, Canada, Liechtenstein, Monaco, New Zealand, Norway, Korea, Singapore, USA, Taiwan. Basically anyone that opposes Russia or talks about it. Anyone in the world. (laughs) There's a few that aren't included on this list. Like North Korea. Well, it says Korea. It's time for me. Moving on. Let's get into some Lady Gaga. Thank you very much. Lady Gaga's hitting the road again. And we are very excited. I just played the wrong song and I meant to play. There we go. (laughs) It is time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So it's time for the biggest ball of the year. Lady Gaga has announced the dates for her newly rescheduled and much-anticipated Chromatica Ball tour, which was originally supposed to happen in the summer of 2020. The tour was canceled and postponed and definitely due to the global pandemic, of course, and fans have been rapidly... I mean, and rapidly waiting for news of when the shows would be rescheduled ever since. Now we finally have some information. Now, originally the Karatika Ball was only supposed to be a six-stop tour, but Gaga has blessed fans by extending the tour to 15 cities over three months. The tour is going to begin in Germany, and, and then, of course, Gaga will go to a few other European cities. Um, and then, of course, all of that before heading to North America in September. Ending right here in Los Angeles. And honestly, I'm very, very excited. Yes. And I'm just saying, you should probably be listening to Channel Q um, all this week and leading up to this because, girl, we may have your tickets. You just never know. I can't say too much. I can't say too much. But all I know is I'm very excited that we're finally going to probably be able to see Lady Gaga. And hopefully she gets Ariana Grande on that stage so they perform like a live Rain On Me moment. But... That is your T-Report. We got more stories coming up next hour. Next up, how are hundreds of people being arrested for just renting a car? Could this even happen to you? How to prepare yourself? That's next. 
Well, Ryan, you shared this crazy story over the weekend in our text thread that we have. And we needed to talk about the story because I think all of us have rented a car. And what happened to this, well, not just this one person, but a lot of people, like tens of thousands of people, um, is wild. Well, yeah, it's a, I guess that was you throwing it to me. Yep. It sounded like you, that was you (laughs) just tossing them off. Well, honestly, here's the thing. If you've ever rented a car from Hertz, um, there literally could possibly be a warrant out for your arrest. And it, it, it's this article that com- uh, that it basically was written at USA Today. And it's wild. This woman, um, she, back in uh, January of 2021, she, a grandmother, she was arrested. Uh, her chi- her children had to, like, her grandkids had to watch her be arrested for allegedly stealing a car she, in fact, returned to Hertz five years earlier. Um, she is now one of 230 plaintiffs suing Hertz for false arrest and, in some cases, prosecutions. Um, basically, in recently unsealed court documents, Hertz has admitted it files an average of 3,365 police reports about stolen vehicles involving its customers each year. That means over the past seven years since false theft report cases um, basically have been known to occur theft uh, charges have been levied against more than 23,000 people. Now, how many of those people were actually innocent paying customers? That's actually unknown. And wow. A lot of the the cases in there's a there's obviously a lawsuit that's happening against her where it's 230 people who have been wrongly accused of this. And Hertz actually responded to the story with a statement that said Hertz cares deeply about our customers and we successfully provide rental vehicles for tens of millions of travelers each year. Uh Unfortunately, in the legal matters being discussed, the attorneys have a track record of making baseless claims that blatantly represent uh, misrepresent the facts. But the thing is, you're saying 230, but then the attorneys are saying, the lead attorney, it's the tip of the iceberg. Oh, there's 20, even more. 20,000 people possibly have been stuck in the criminal justice system because they had a dispute or an issue with their rental or that Hertz couldn't find their car. That's weird, though. Even Imagine though, losing your car. But my thing is, it's it's insane because a lot of these cases, I mean, we can speak of a case um, that happened uh, back in 2014 in this story where um, a man named Larry Wilcoxonson, he was actually running. He had a dream of serving as a Florida state representative. Uh-huh. And he was um, he was basically like trying to run. And he basically worked at the Hertz uh, airport location and had rented a car there in late 2013, renewing his... His rent, rental agreement each week by the phone. So police arrive at his door in February of 2014, wow. accusing him of stealing the rental car that was literally sitting in plain view in his driveway that he had a renewing, like he had a, yeah. a, a rental agreement with yeah. that he was renewing. And basically... Uh, he faced up. Uh, this is the wildest part. He was sentenced to two years probation in October. A few weeks before, he had to like, um, he basically had to forego his campaign to deal with the trial. He could no longer run because he said, I had to kill all of my dreams of being a state representative. Oh, no. Things got worse when a change of address led to Will uh, Coxison being arrested for a probation violation and sent him to jail for 180 days. So basically, you rent a car. Something happens on the back end. In their system. And then in their system, and they've now, um, uh, they've basically filed a police report yeah. about the stolen vehicle. Your name is attached to it. Even though you, you this could be years ago. Oh, yeah. Like it's, can, it's behind closed yeah. doors. Like They just say they haven't returned, they haven't received their car. But isn't that weird? Like, you would think there'd be a process where... Uh, a police report comes in right away. They get in touch with someone. Hey, this has come up. Let's do an investigation. Meanwhile, this is just on the back end, right? So if you apply for a job and they do the research, they yeah. what's it called when they they look up your all your background check? check? Yeah. yeah, and then they see that you are connected to some sort of like theft. Well, the crazy, even though you're not. Well, the crazy thing: a lot of these people have been like coerced. Are into like basically apologizing oh, or yeah, pleading get guilty out of it. for stealing, but they're not getting out of it. They're actually getting time during this, and, and specifically with this guy, he had been offered a diversion if he just apologized for stealing the car, but he said his moral code would never allow pleading guilty to something that he didn't 
do, which is wild because he came to the trial showing the receipts of when he turned returned the car, when he paid for the car. It was like he had hard facts, but there's something going on, and this is actually coming up. We're actually going to be speaking to someone who, who is to a an lawyer, attorney, attorney yeah. that can really break this down on how this is happening because at this point, I'm I'm – I'm never going to rent a car. <laughs> or uh, at least to Hertz. I mean, this is not I mean, made for Hertz. Yeah, the it's, stories it's in this Yahoo News uh, article... You say today, but it's like... Oh, they syndicated yeah. it. Are just so sad where all these folks just rented a car and then returned it, arrested some of them a year later, police just show up at their workplace or their home, and some of them are now in jail missing, I mean, obviously their lives... Completely arrested innocently. Crazy. So next up, attorney joins us to help us figure out what you need to look out for. Maybe you're on a list and you don't even know what to do next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. We just talked about how hundreds of people are being arrested for just renting a car. So, like, what's actually happening and how do you protect yourself? Or how do you even know if you're on this list, right? And this specifically happened with Hertz. Paula Canny joins us right now, who's an attorney. Thanks for being here. Hi. Yes, I'm, sadly, this happens. It's horrible. I've represented people in similar situations. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, so we kind of broke down, uh, based on the article we read, what happened. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, what actually mm-hmm. went down? They just brought their car back, and then because they maybe had an issue with their rental, they were then put on this list, or uh, to they, they issued a police uh, warrant? Well, so basically, this is how it works. So you go into Hertz, and you rent your car, and you sign your little contract, and you give them your credit card, and you give them all your contact stuff, including your driver's license, and you say, I'll return my car on March 8th. And then something happens in your life, and you don't return it on the 8th. You return it on the 11th, or you turn it on the 15th. And sometimes you call, and sometimes you don't. But some of the Hertz rental car agencies, when you don't return the car on the day the contract says, within a day or two, they report it to the police as a stolen car, even though your credit card's being charged, even though, let's say you bring it back on the 15th, your credit card's charged, you paid for this whole thing, but somebody's made a report that it was stolen, and then it's processed in some ways, and Hertz never updates the police that, oh, by the way, we got our car back. Oh, by the way, we charged the the customer their money and it's all been fully paid for but by that point some police report is written some deputy da's reviewed this report a case has been filed an arrest warrant is issued and you don't know about any of this stuff that hertz has done until you get arrested and this happens actually i know hertz says it only happens like less than one percent of the time but i don't really care if i'm in that one percent and I've already paid for my car, I'm going to be super upset. And so oh, yeah. these people are. Well, yeah, and my thing is, if it, if these people who are getting arrested, they come to court with all of these, you know, the receipts, basically, where, where they show they paid for, they don't have the car, the vehicle anymore, how are they still getting, you know, this, I mean, still having to go through this process with, you know, <laughs> when they have the hardcore facts of, like, they didn't steal this vehicle? 
Well, it happens. I mean, that it, the, the criminal justice system is a, a kind of a difficult system to navigate. And so going in there without a skill, and I'm not even saying this because I'm a lawyer, it shouldn't be like this. I'm just saying this is the way it is. Let's not be naive. Mm-hmm. That if you walk in and are like, oh, I paid for all this, that isn't going to be enough to get to to get it resolved that's just not how it it's just not how it works so you absolutely need a lawyer plus if you're arrested on a warrant and now you're taken into custody you're in jail you don't even have access to all the paperwork to prove that you did that you made all these payments and so then you have to get some resources to post bail to get out of jail so it's super complicated once you're a defendant in a crim- in the criminal justice system even though you know there's this presumption of innocence it's really not that way you know that old saying where there's smoke there's fire so the you know oh if they're arrested you must have been doing something yeah. wrong and it's just not that way so i mean i I've, I've seen people who flat out paid for everything, returned the car, you know, a week late. I mean, what my advice to people is, is if you're renting a car and you can't return it in a timely way, send an email, call, Mm. document it in some way and say that you'll pay because that credit card hurts, charges everything on your credit card, you know, and, and the other thing that we know about this whole thing is that sometimes the cars are returned and if the data entry isn't put in the system properly, Hertz can't even keep track of where all their cars are. And it comes out, Hertz lost the car and it's in Albuquerque and they just didn't acknowledge that it's in Albuquerque, you know what I'm saying, or yeah. wherever the, the car is dropped off. So, but no, this is a huge problem. Yeah, Paula, just as we wrap things up, uh, how- how would people know if they're on this supposed list? You don't. You oh, don't. Okay. I mean, what I would suggest is if you've rented a car from Hertz, uh, I would check the place, the county where you rented the car. So if I rented a car in Los Angeles from Hertz, you could go to the Los Angeles County uh, Superior Court website and put your name in it and see if your name is in there. Because if there's a warrant for your arrest, it will be based on a criminal case that's been filed. And if your name is there, then, you know, go call me or some other good lawyer to get you out of this mess. All but right. you have to check in the county where you rented the car. Yikes. Okay, that was Paula Canny, who's an attorney. Thank you so much for breaking that all down. Thank you. All right. Well, next up, what Kate McKinnon had to say about Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, live on SNL next. SNL's Kate McKinnon spoke about Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill on the most recent episode of SNL, of course, criticizing the bill and also sharing her own you know, personal stories around it. So I found this interesting and important. Obviously, this wasn't like a comedic sketch that she did. This was very real and very honest. It was on the weekend update with co-anchor Colin Joust. And so let's play a clip of that. I am deeply gay. Sorry. <laughs> concerned. Deeply concerned. It just feels like this is going to make kids gay and trans. Sorry, depressed and suicidal. <laughs> and I just, I think these laws are lesbians. Sorry, unconscionable. Unconscionable. Yeah, no, you, I think you ended up saying gay a couple times. Right. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm trying to make sense of all this. Like, does this don't say gay law have a purpose? Well, I, I think, I guess it's so kids aren't going home with questions that parents don't want to answer. I don't know uh, what the idea is. So, like, one kid can say, I live with my parents, but another one has to say, I live in a house with two adult men who bought me when I was young. <laughs> That's good. That'll be way, they'll be less confused. Again, Kate McKinnon always uh, bringing us not just the laughs, but, you know, bringing some great Uh, I would say, real stuff to the table here on SNL. Uh, She always nails it. And I'm happy they talked about it on the show. I mean, it's hard not to talk about it. It's one of the biggest things happening right now. Yeah, I mean, it is, right? And I don't think for a lot of queer people, like, that's the only thing that's that's the only thing that's on top of mind as long, you know, because our community is at risk and we know 
as like queer adults and tra- like you know trans adults um, that growing up as a kid trying to navigate your queerness or your transness can be very difficult. And I don't remember growing up having the government trying to attack. Like, of course there was, but like it wasn't like attacking children in the ways that we know that now. Right, like it was, it was more getting of a silent ma- attack. It was, yeah, you know? it was mar- <laughs> it was marriage equality when I was like growing up, right? And like it was like it wasn't happening in schools where they weren't they were forcing me in the South not to say that I was gay or. You However, know, it I was, was just different. Well, it you feels like. you obviously experienced this. I didn't, but like my experience, even having friends or being around other young people, it's like there was still a lot of homophobia, obviously. Well, and all yeah, that. girl, I'm talking about the government. Yeah, but you you could say the government not stepping in was making I'm a statement. About but yeah, the this government. is this is pretty overt. And the and ways dangerous. that we're seeing these anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ legislations, I don't remember it being like that as intense as it was. Not saying it did not exist as intense as it is now. And the ways that we're seeing it on such a global, um, national stage, it's it's really uh, disheartening. And I just can't imagine what it feels like to be a queer trans kid trying to navigate a country in a space where people are constantly telling you to that you are not welcomed and you can't be here. Yeah, I, I was actually talking about that with my partner over the weekend. Like, you know, depending, like, you know, however our kid um, identified, wherever we were living, I was like, imagine if our kid did identify as trans, like, we would have to move. Right. Like we would not feel comfortable being in that place. Yeah. We, even if they weren't, we would probably feel not feel comfortable being in that place. But just like it's it's so bad what's happening right now. Um, you know, they, the Florida House of Representatives passed the bill on February 24th. The Florida Senate will vote on it um, today. If passed, it would go into effect during the 2022-2023 school year. This is where I hope. Biden steps in. There needs to be something that can be done. Anyway, coming up next, we've got what's trending this hour. The LGBTQ vodka rebranding as the war in Ukraine progresses. Progresses that and more next. Stick around for more music. It's coming up here on Channel Q. Right now, we've got more show. The Batman raked in big bucks this weekend. But how was the film a missed opportunity for the LGBTQ community? We've got you covered in 30 minutes. But in 10 minutes, it's our recap of Drag Race. And the backlash ah! on, online is wild. I'm so excited. Yes. Wait, what happened on Friday? And, you know, a whole weekend has passed, and I don't remember what happened. Well, Did I even watch Drag Race this weekend? We'll Who tell knows? you more with Tony Moore. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes. First, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Stoli, you know, Stoli Vodka, it was originally branded the only vodka imported from Russia, is turning its back on those roots in the face of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Wow. How are you going to be, you know, proud of your Russian roots? And then, of course, well, now at this point. Well, it relocated after the fall of the USSR and changed its tagline from Russian vodka to premium vodka in 2010. It is now made in Latvia. Although with many Russian ingredients and USA Today reports that following Russia's attack on Ukraine, Stoli has said it will engage exclusively with Slovakian sources to further ensure 100 percent non-Russian alpha grade spirits. Do you I mean, that's so complicated, right? Like if you are Russian or you have a Russian brand and your whole brand was like Russian, do you like take it back or do you like... Are, can you still be proud of Russia without inherently connecting it to... We should talk more about this because I think that a lot of people, you know, when, when you say we're standing with Ukraine, also, there's a lot of people in Russia that did not ask for this either. Everyone and, didn't ask yeah, for I mean, this, but, I would assume. So it's I not mean, there fair, are big, like, bigots, right? Yeah, of course there are, you know, those that are horrible, but I, I think a lot of innocent people are being put in the middle of this and getting hate possibly, even though they don't deserve that. So we should talk more about the nuances around that and the companies, yeah, um, deciding to move in the other direction as well yeah i just wonder how you sh- like your if but my thing is that that feels like how can you really ever have pride in your your country when your leader has always been who they've always been yeah that mm. that is true for as many years as he's ha- he has been that leader he was voted in though democratically might i add when he was originally voted in and then he had a loophole where he decided to be president forever that's <laughs> So what do you mean? Well, he got he, he got in under the guise, of, I think, of he being... He was supposed to do his term like everyone else. I know. But then he decided to become but an then evil But originally, moron. then, they were like, yeah, maybe this guy is a good guy. Anyway, wow. it's weird. 
uh, the whole history. I've been diving in and learning more. It's so crazy. Now, when she says diving in and learning more, she really means her boyfriend. I've been having great conversations <laughs> over a lot of wine. Uh, and finally, because we need to wrap this up, despite widespread support for pediatric COVID-19 vaccines from the nation's top health officials, Florida will become the first state in the country to advise against vaccinating healthy children for COVID-19. Here's the state's Surgeon General, Dr. Joseph A. Ladapo. The Florida Department of Health is going to uh, be the first state to officially recommend against the COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children. All right. That was it. Okay, it. that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Well, we don't really have much time to go into the T-Report, so I'm going to probably do it next hour because there's some um, mess happening with Dr. Oz accusing his sister of stealing millions of, like, I guess the family money, and apparently somebody done forged the dad's will, and Dr. Oz is, like, having all this family drama that I hope is distracting him forever trying to pursue anything in politics ever again. So we'll talk about that next hour. So stick around for that. That is coming up next hour. Okay. Well, next up on the show, oh, the Monday recap. <laughs> drag Race heads to DragCon and a lot of snoozing happening. Why? What happened on Friday's show? We got Tony Moore for that next. The world is your All right. You know what time it is? It is time for another recap. Oh, my God. It's absolutely amazing. Let me turn this music down. <laughs> so, you know, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, we are not even, it feels like this season's going to go until the end of December. You know, it's a long... <laughs> I don't know. Let's let me just bring in our expert because we got to talk all things RuPaul's Drag Race. Let's bring in Tony Moore, our pop culture expert and drag race expert. Tony, why am I so overwhelmed at the fact that this season's never going to end? When I tell you, they are stretching this season out. <laughs> it is absolutely wild. Thank you so much for being here. We really, really appreciate it. Of course. Listen, this is the highlight of my Monday to come Aww. in and kiki about Drag Race with my girl. Well, yeah. Lot. Well, let's kiki about it. Let's. Uh, I'm going to let you start off with the, you know, because this one was a Drag Race con uh, situation uh, mm -hmm. where basically the girls had to form in two groups and they had to basically do a panel about men. Mm -hmm. These are honestly like my, my least favorite maxi challenges because... Mm -hmm. There's no audience. It's, it, I mean, you really find out that some of the girls probably shouldn't be speaking. They just look pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, it's just kind of like, eh, meh. It's like, but how do you feel about these type of challenges? Here's the thing. It's either you're going to succeed or you're going to flop. Because as we all know, hosting is a very special skill. Mm -hmm. And to be able to speak like your mind and give your thoughts and opinions in a way that is clear and concise, not everybody can do that. So much like singing challenges, which I always feel like, oh, girl, like it, it makes me cringe a little bit. These are, are another challenge that like I feel like, oh, it's either going to be really good or it's going to be really bad. And it does separate the people who can hold and maintain from the people who are just kind of skating by and hope they say something that sounds good and funny and they can keep on moving. Yeah. Speaking of which, who is the one that made it work? Oh, uh, definitely the one that made it work was uh, was Deja Sky. Um, as the moderator, I felt like she did such an amazing job um, keeping the flow of the conversation, making sure everyone was included, switching the, the topics when it need to be. That is the the makings of a great moderator. And also yeah. Bosco, too. I was going to say, I, mean, I was a little shocked that you didn't lead with Bosco. Yeah, well, That's I mean... Well, of course. I mean, I had to start with the team that I know did great, and yeah. then I was going to follow it up with the team that, ooh, if it wasn't for Bosco, like, that whole ship would have went down like the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, something to witness, right? But then, mm -hmm. you know, of course, we have our tops and our bottoms, and we're seeing this is a lip sync for a lip sync. It's 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 being prepped up as, like, this huge situation because it's Jorgis and it's Jasmine Kennedy at the bottom. Bottom mm -hmm. two, and they have mm -hmm. to lip sync for their live, which we all know that Jasmine has lip sync every.
every uh, every lip sync this season, basically. And so it was one of those things where I was on pins and needles. How do you think that lip sync was? They they I think they lip synced to uh, something got a hold on me. What is it? That Anna James song? Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what? The, like like Rue said, take note. This is how you lip sync for your life. And I feel like both of them are entertainers and both of them know how to really sell a song and really like go there. And so I feel like, yeah, this was the lip sync where I was like, whew, this is tough because like maybe Jasmine's shoe going off could have like kicked her out, but she was still turning it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, it it was, it was a really, really tough one. And when, when you do have to lip sync for your life, that is, you know, what you need to do. You need to bring it. You don't need to second guess yourself or worry about what somebody else is doing. You need to turn it because baby, let me tell you, Jasmine Kennedy, she got nine lives on this show and (laughs) she got down. She's like on the fourth one right now, but she still got five more. So the girls better watch out. Well, the thing is, Rue obviously saves both of them. My Mm -hmm. big question here, and I think a lot of people have, is what's the point of the chocolate if Rue's just going, this is the third save, I believe, of this season. Oh, maybe COVID Mm -hmm. made her a bit, you know, nicer. Well, you know, when when a lip sync is good, it's good. You know what I mean? Like, like how can you step back and, and, and determine which one of those girls was going was going to go home? I mean, that was going to be a tough decision. But I get what you're saying. The 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 golden ticket is still in play, and it still leads to that that suspense. Because I actually look forward to it when the, when the girls get their chocolate when they're about to go home and they're trying to decide whether it's just chocolate or the ticket. And Rue goes, <sighs> "I'm like, girl, I feel you because where is this golden ticket? I feel like Jasmine Kennedy has it." I I swear, oh. mark my words, I feel like Jasmine has it. As soon as we think Jasmine is going home, she's going to be like, I got the golden ticket. And there goes life number five. Uh, so Drag Race star Willow Pill came out as trans in the midst of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Big news. It It is. And again, I like when people continue to discover themselves, be comfortable with themselves, realize who they truly are and feel authentic to introduce themselves to the world. So kudos. We've had so many people now, you know, come out as trans and feel comfortable doing so. And this is so good because I feel like there was a a point in time where it wasn't okay to to come out and be yourself, whether you were LGBTQIA+. And now we're in a day and age where it's okay and you're welcomed and you feel safe. So kudos to Willow Pill for discovering who she is and, and coming out and letting the world know, hey, this is Willow Peel. Yes, yes. Well, Tony Moore, thank you so much for always joining the show. I mean, we're going to have you on every single week, obviously, Highlights. until the end of the year, because that's when the season will be over. But we enjoy it so much. Thank you for always being here. <laughs> thank you, guys. And hey, we'll do it again next Monday. Yes, yes. yes. See you next Monday. <laughs> okay, bye. Ne- bye. Next up on the show, the Batman opened up big, but did filmmakers miss the opportunity to truly highlight one of their queer characters? We get into it next. Welcome back to the show. Uh, now, tech mi- mi- um, sorry mistakes. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Ten surprising tech mistakes you're making and easy ways to fix them. I love it when I say a word and I actually do the thing the word is saying. Yes, yeah, I'm a mistake. Love that. Yeah, exactly. Eighty-five <laughs> percent of Americans have a gadget or some sort of phone, according to Pew Research Center. That's actually pretty low. You would think it's more. More than 70% are checking their phones within the first 10 minutes of waking up each morning. Okay. Right? And so what are those mistakes we're making? You might be making them right now. Burning out your battery without knowing it. This is something that is happening to me right now. I mean, what is that not happening? And and we could be talking about actual phone or just also like your emotional, physical battery. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So this happens to me. You know, I charge up my phone overnight and yet I'm the first one to run out of battery. What is happening? Right? I don't. I don't believe you're charging your phone. I am. I feel like you're the type of person that falls asleep with the phone and you wake up with it like underneath your back. I sleep. My phone sleeps in the bed with me. Oh, it does? That's yeah. not good. I mean, why is it not good? It's just, a, it's just a device. Yeah, because... Unless it, it catches fire or something. No, it doesn't catch fire. Just you shouldn't have it in your bed. It doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, it's it just doesn't like, feel right. Well, that, well, guess what? It's not your bed. 
It's my bed. I'm just trying to help you out. You're my friend. I, I still have great sleep. Okay. You know, I'm just saying. Um, well, so, for the most part, I need to buy a new mattress. So it. <laughs> I do. So if there's any mattress. So boxes. actually, your batteries in your phone last longest when you keep them charged between 30% and 80% throughout the day. Not topped up to 100, then down to zero. That's what I do. And that's why it keeps on um, kind of not working well. So supposedly, that's the way you should be doing it. Why? Don't just start it at 100% every day and drain it down to zero. You gotta let it Keep all it the charged way between 30 to 80%, they said. Oh, see, I always thought is you had to let it all the way die. No. For it, and then you let it all the way die, and then you charge it from the start. No. This is also what I keep doing. What? Stop letting your device get too hot or too cold. Literally, on my way here, I'm on the phone. Uh-huh. And... I don't know if you ever feel this way where it's like burning up. I don't know, the sun coming through, the windshield. And I'm like, this is getting really hot. Okay. Your gadget should not dip below 32 degrees Fahrenheit or soar above 95 degrees. So if it's too cold or too hot, that is not good. Quit quitting your apps. Oh, no, I always do that. I like I like to quit my apps. I actually thought so, too. It's saying here it takes more juice to start an app fresh than to wake it up. So you're ruining your battery. You're kind of like taking battery every time, even though I don't know. I know this is what it says on this today.com thing, but I feel like keeping your apps open. One, I'm scared of people spying on me. Secondly, like it does, it does burn up your battery. If you keep all your apps open, imagine your Snapchat on all day. First of all, who's using Snapchat anymore? <laughs> I used to do that and that used to happen. I'm like, who's using Snapchat anymore? Um, but yeah, I mean, the the one big tech mistake that I probably make all the time is I, are, is there anything about um, keeping like all these things plugged up in your like one long electrical cord thing? Like, I feel like I have like 17 different things. And you know, though, what's those elongated like electric you mean cord things? An extension cord? Yeah, an extension cord, but it's the one with the multiple pockets. Yeah. I have like 17 of those, and some of them are connected to like one extension cord, so I can make more extensions, and like another one's connected to another extension cord. And my building sometimes, I, I have to admit here on air. What? My building has, the power has gone out because I have had too many things plugged Just. Up. It's not just because of you. I love how Ryan's taking all the credit. No, it is actually because it, it was well, it was more so my apartment than anything. It's because my I, I asked my landlord. Fuse? I blew a fuse. Yeah. From what were you I even just doing? Pl- I had a lot of things plugged up. You can't. I found out my building was old, and it was just like. What do you mean yeah, from you like a, a light and a phone? No, I had multiple things. You just missed my entire story, and this I know. I is said what no, I the issue that. is. <laughs> We are wrapping up the show as we always do with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes Queen. Okay, this one goes to Michaela J. Rodriguez, who continues just to make history everywhere. The first trans actor, of course, to win a Golden Globe and to have earned an Emmy nomination in the category of leading actor for her uh, character in Pose. Well, now she's being honored as one of Time's Women of the Year. And this is her single. We, I, I mean, you've known it forever, obviously. <laughs> I've just recently discovered it. Guess who's late to the party again? Okay. Um, but no, uh, seriously, Michaela J., uh, Something to Say is an amazing song that everyone should be listening to and partying to. She came out with it last year, um, and she performed it at the festival that I got to host. Uh, so it was really, really nice. Um, but she deserves this. Her career is something to marvel at. Mm-hmm. She is just someone who is so special and so sweet, and everything she does really is planting a seed uh, to make the journey so much more um, beautiful for so many people that are going to come in her foot, her footsteps, yep. and so it's it's just it's just really beautiful to witness, and I'm I'm such a huge fan. And you know, speaking of having something to say, she told the publication, "When I was younger, I didn't have representation for anyone of color in the LGBTQI community. I want to show them that it's possible. She's yes, definitely yes. doing that and more. So big, yes, queen. Yeah." Yes, Queen. And that also does it for our show today, but we are back tomorrow weekdays here on Channel Q Live, 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern. On tomorrow's show, one of the women creating NFTs to highlight women is joining us on International Women's Day. She's also part of the LGBTQ community and is a badass, so tune in uh, for that conversation. Listen in if you want to find out more about equity and NFTs. 
Plus, why is Biden pressing to end remote work? Well, Vox joins us tomorrow to share more about that. If you miss any of our shows or interviews, we post everything as a podcast. Just go to the Odyssey app or where podcasts are available and search Let's Go There. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay and have a beautiful day. Yes, now stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris, where he's talking about tackling grief and loss. That's next. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 